Without Easter, there really is no sufficient reason to become a Christian. With Easter, there is no good reason to choose any other religion or faith. Easter makes all the difference. Easter provides three things that you and I cannot provide for ourselves. And I want to talk to you about those three things this morning. Righteousness, relationship with God, and resurrection. Those three things. None of those can we provide for ourselves. Every religion out there has a concern to a degree about righteousness. Christianity is no less concerned. It is highly concerned about you and I becoming righteous. But Christianity alone provides the way, the means for you and I to attain righteousness. Every other religion will say, do this and do that and do something else, but you never quite get there. And if it was just up to obeying rules... You and I would never, ever get there. We would never please God through our own righteousness. Do you recall the words of Jesus in regard to the Pharisees? In Matthew 5.20, he said, For I tell you that unless your righteousness surpasses or exceeds that of the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, you will certainly not enter the kingdom of heaven. Now, if you'll recall with me, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law were the most legalistic, rule-oriented people on the face of the earth. (laughs) They knew all the rules, and they followed all the rules, and they went around expecting everyone else to follow all the rules. They went beyond the scripture in the Old Testament and they even created their own rules in addition and they kept all of that. They went around with their noses up in the air judging everyone else. Not because they cared about those people but because by judging other people it made them feel better about themselves. It made them feel a little bit more righteous. And you know what that tells me? That tells me that in spite of the fact that they were the people who kept more rules than anyone else on the face of the earth, they knew they were not righteous. And they had to put other people down to kind of make themselves feel righteous. (laughs) You will never be righteous by being good. (laughs) You will never attain it. Nobody worked harder at being righteous than the Pharisees, and they were not righteous. So if the Pharisees were not righteous enough to get into heaven, what hope do you have? (laughs) And what hope do I have? I'll tell you, there isn't any. If the Pharisees couldn't cut it, I'll tell you, I have lost that one. But Paul writes in Galatians chapter 2, verse 21, I do not set aside the grace of God, for if righteousness could be gained through the law, 
Christ died for nothing. If you can get to heaven by being good, friends, there was no reason for Good Friday. There was no reason for Easter. There was no reason for Christmas. And you might as well go ahead and, you know, worship Buddha or something else. Because if you can get to heaven by being righteous and by being good, then this whole thing about Easter and Good Friday and Christmas and everything Jesus did is absolutely worthless. But I'm telling you, all of your righteousness is as filthy rags before God compared to the holiness and the righteousness of God. No amount of rule-keeping or law-abiding will make us righteous before a perfectly holy and righteous God. And if it did, again, Easter is meaningless. We are righteous by faith in what Jesus did on the cross as a payment for our sins. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says, He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. You and I don't choose to live a life, a righteous life in order to get God's favor or in order for God to look at us and say, well, well look at how good Pastor Timmons is being today. The only reason we live a righteous life is because God has already declared and made us righteous in what Jesus did on the cross. And we delight in that and we want to honor God. It is because of Easter... It is because of the resurrection that God can greet us one day in heaven and declare, well done, good and faithful servant. It is because of Easter that Paul writes in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8, Now there is in store for me a crown of righteousness. And you remember Paul. You remember that he was the Pharisee of Pharisees. If there was ever a perfect Pharisee, Paul was it. And Paul said that he would have missed heaven had it not been for the resurrection. There is in store for me now a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award me on that day, and not only to me, but to all who have longed for his appearing. And friends, I want to tell you, there is nothing that you will ever attain. There is no award that you'll ever be given here on the face of the earth like when you get to heaven. And God crowns you with a crown of righteousness and says, you are now righteous with the righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. But Christianity is not only concerned about righteousness. It is not just righteousness that sets us apart from all other religions. It is also that Christianity is very concerned that you and I have a relationship with God, with Christ. This sets Christianity apart. You go to other world religions, their gods are aloof, they are distant, they are hard, they are unfeeling, and they are dead. Pretty hard to have a relationship with something that is dead. Pretty hard to have a relationship that, with something that is wood or steel. 
pretty hard to have a relationship with any of those kind of things. The Westminster Shorter Catechism says that our chief end, the chief purpose of man, is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. Michael Kusick offers a new summary of that, and he says the chief end of man is to be in union or relationship with God. The chief purpose, the reason why God created you is for you to have a relationship with him. Our main purpose in life is to carry out a relationship with the God who created us and made us and loved us. And yet, because of our sin, we could not keep, we could not maintain that relationship with God. So God had to send his own son because I couldn't pay the price for my sin. God sent his one and only son to pay the price for our sins so that we could be reconciled to God and so that we could know him. And not just know about him, but to know God. John chapter 10, verse 14 and 15 says, I, Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. This is not just about knowing about my sheep. It's not just about the sheep knowing about their shepherd. He says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. Just as my, and the proof of that is this next word. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Jesus didn't know just about the Father. The Father didn't know about the Son. They had a relationship. And God wants that same thing for each one of us. And Jesus says, I want that so bad that I lay down my life for the sheep. That is a relationship. It is not just to know about God. It is to know the living God, the creator of the heavens and the earth. John chapter 17, verse 3. Jesus says, now this is eternal life that they may know you the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8 says, What is more, I consider everything else in life a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. This is Paul. (laughs) He had achieved everything he could achieve as a Jew. And he said, I consider all of that a loss. I consider it garbage in order that I may know Christ. Wow. The creator of the heavens and the earth. Your creator. The God who designed you and made you and loved you. He wants a relationship with you. He wants to know you. He wants to live life with you. He wants to relate to you. He wants to know you. He wants to walk with you. He wants to live in a conversation with you. Christianity cares about righteousness. And Christianity provides it in Christ. Christianity cares about you having a relationship with God, and Christianity provides that in the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. But Christianity is also about the resurrection and about you and I having a resurrection with Christ. 
One of the most intriguing things as you read through the book of Acts, one of the things that stands out is that the apostles always got in trouble for the very same thing. You just pick up the book of Acts sometimes and read it through. And you will find out that almost every time where the apostles get in trouble, where they want to haul them off to jail, or they start to stone them, or any number of things that happens to the apostles, it clearly says that the reason they were in trouble is that they were preaching that Jesus was resurrected from the dead. They could have said anything about Jesus they wanted to. And it would have been just fine with the Jews. But it was because they proclaimed that Jesus had rose again from the dead that it bothered the Jews and they wanted to put a stop to it. And they knew that Christianity had no power. No power whatsoever if there was not a resurrected Lord at the end of the story. And so every time in the book of Acts where they get in trouble, somewhere in the passage you will find that they got in trouble because they were preaching the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. Many, many gods have died. Only Christ has been resurrected and continues to live forever. Jesus had done all kinds of miracles. He had done all kinds of healings over the course of his life. But he comes to the very end of his life. And and we read about in John 11. You're already to almost the last week of the life of Jesus when you get to John 11. And, um, you know, at that point, Jesus has got some real close friends. Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And, he, and Jesus has done about all kinds of things at that point, but he had not raised anyone from the dead, and Lazarus gets sick, and he dies. And Martha is very unhappy. And she's very unhappy with Jesus. Because she knows Jesus, and she knows that if Jesus had just come on time, and if Jesus had just been there, Lazarus would not have died. Because she knew Jesus had power to keep him from dying. She knew Jesus had power to heal him. She knew that. She had no doubt about it. And if you had just been here, Jesus, if you had just left on time and come when we called you, he would not have died. And and Jesus says to Martha, or she says to Jesus, she says, you know, you can talk to me about the resurrection, but I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day, but I want him today. (laughs) Jesus responds to her in verses 25 and 26 by teaching Martha that by believing in Jesus, you and I too will be resurrected after we die. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Even though, unless Jesus returns, every one of us will die and we'll end up in a grave somewhere. 
Even though that is true, if we believe in him, we shall live. Whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? And then, Jesus goes on to prove the point that he is not just able to keep somebody from dying. He can raise them back to life. And he he brings Lazarus back to life. And I want to say to you today that the great news of the resurrection is that there is coming not only a spiritual resurrection for us in this, in this life when we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and make him Lord of our life, but there is coming a day when we die and our life ends here on earth that there is another life for us and that God will raise us to life again and there will be this resurrection um, that day is coming. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verses 12 through 14, that it doesn't even make any sense for us to be Christians if we do not believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If you don't believe in that, there's not much of a reason to be a Christian. Why would you go through everything you have to do to be a Christian if you don't believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ? If you don't believe that when you die, God will raise you back to life. And you can live with God for eternity. Without that, without the resurrection of Christ from the dead, there is no resurrection for us. Paul writes this. He says, but if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead... How can some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, our preaching is useless, and so is your faith. You don't want a dead faith. You don't want a worthless faith. You don't want a futile faith. You want a faith that has power in it. You want a faith that has victory in it. You want a faith that has resurrection life in it. And friends, you will not find that anywhere else on the face of the earth. You only find that through Jesus Christ. And his resurrection. And his victory. I ask you this morning, do you want to be righteous before God? It's impossible unless you have accepted Jesus Christ and accepted his righteousness, the clothing of his righteousness on you. Do you want a relationship with God? Do you want to do more than just know a few facts about God, be able to win at Bible trivia? I can't do that, by the way. Just ask anyone that's played with me. (laughs) Do you want to know God? Do you want a relationship with God? And thirdly, do you want to know that when this life is over, that your life is just beginning? Do you want to know that when this life is over, there is another life? that far surpasses anything you will ever see anyone living in this life. If you know Jesus.
as your Lord and Savior. There's a way to have all three of those things. Righteousness, relationship, and resurrection. And that is simply to admit that you're a sinner. And that only what Jesus did on the cross can wash away your sin. Secondly, to believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And that he alone is the path of eternal life. And thirdly, to confess, as we sang in prayer time today, that he is Lord.